sponsored and promoted by Legit Paranormal. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Bigfoot Zone. And tonight we have a guest with us, Mr. Jonathan Wadworth. Uh, I have to ask, I asked everybody, did I pronounce your name correctly? No, sir, you didn't. It's Wadsworth. Wadsworth. Okay, see, I have to ask because, yeah, no matter it's how... good. <laughs> I, I do that with everybody. I don't... I, I have a bad habit of butchering everybody's name up, and I feel bad for that. <laughs> but uh, I guess well, I should. Uh, you, I I need to start asking in advance. So, <laughs> but, well, uh, when you meet as many people as you do, it's kind of like not too hard to mispronounce somebody's name. Right. No worries. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you now, you're from out of uh, Connecticut. Is that correct? That's right. Yes, that's where I live. Okay. Now, I, I got to ask, have you always been involved with Bigfoot? Oh, hell no. No? <laughs> no, uh, no, like, when I was a kid, like, my family had, like, like a, I guess you would want to call it, like, a summer home or, a, like, hunting camp or whatever, it's, you know, slash, in Vermont. And, like, that's where all this stuff started happening. It wasn't here in Connecticut. We don't have a, a heck of a lot of stuff going on here, but back in 1982, when I had my sighting, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on up there. Right. Now, when you say a lot of stuff going on, like just different types of act, uh, activity as far as wildlife and different things out in the woods or? Well, to be honest, Daniel, um, why don't I just tell you the story and then I'll tell you what I think about, you know, all the other crap after that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guess, that's it. Yeah. Whenever you're ready, you're more than welcome. Um, oh, that's okay. So, so like I used to go up there every year for hunting season for, um, it's 16 days in Vermont. And, um, I lost my dad when I was young and he taught me how to hunt, but, one of his best friends brought me up there every year for hunting season. And I went out and I was 19 years old and I had been hunting for like, probably like six, seven years by then. And I went out deer hunting one morning and I climbed up in a tree stand that somebody else made wasn't even mine. And I was sitting there and I was watching these two deer they were both uh does and in vermont it's illegal to shoot a doe mm -hmm. so i like i could there was no, nothing there to shoot so i'm just watching you know waiting hoping the mail comes out so i'm sitting there for like maybe i don't know 35 40 minutes watching the same two deer and all of a sudden i see this thing come out of the woods and I want to say it was about 40 yards away from the deer when it came out of the woods. And that's a pretty good distance. And this thing was on top of the, the first deer, like in a heartbeat. Mm. And I, I'm watching this thing and I've never seen, you know, 
I'm 19 years old, never heard of Bigfoot, you know, nothing like that. And I'm watching this. This thing runs the deer down, grabs it by the like, like the head or the neck or like in that area and just like extended its arm out and stopped. And as soon as it did that, like as soon as it jerked, jerked that deer, the deer went limp. Mm. And it, like right when that happened, because I, I looked at this thing through my scope too, and it was a male. And it looked over its shoulder at me, put the deer under its arm like a sack of groceries and walked back into the woods. Wow. It didn't care. It did not care one bit that I was there. It knew I was there and it didn't care. Wow. Now, it, it, well, you th oh, go ahead. You know what the weird thing about it is? I, I was, I was carrying a 270 high powered rifle with a scope on it. And I could have put a bullet in that thing's head with no question. But you know what? You look at, you look at something like that and you can't even decide what the heck it is. I mean, I do not shoot anything that I don't eat unless I, you know, unless I had to, which never happened. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you yeah. would never want to, like, shoot something like that just to kill it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, when you said the Bigfoot jerk the deer, like, could you talk a little bit about that? Like, how exactly did it jerk and where? It, it grabbed the thing like it, it looked to me. I couldn't really tell like it, it scooped its arm like under the neck and like it either had its hand on the back of its head or on the jaw or something like that. I, I couldn't really tell. I, I mean, you know, it happened so fast and like it stood up straight and then it bent forward and extended its arm with the deer in its arm. And just stopped. Wow! And that deer was that deer was deader than a doornail. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like it disconnected its, uh, you know, the uh, vertebrae yeah, there. It broke, it, it broke its <laughs> neck. You know, it hmm. definitely broke its neck. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. Did it make any noise, or like did it? Make any grunts or breath? No. Wow. Not a sound. Nothing out of it. it. Even when it looked at me, it didn't. You know, I could like. It was so long ago, but I could like kind of slightly hear it, like exhaling a little. But you know, I never really paid much attention to that. I mean, it was so like out out of control. I mean, like to see something like that would like change your whole life. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, just the thought of that situation. I mean, I'm just running through my head. I'm picturing all this happening, you know, and man, I mean, how'd that make you feel? I mean, you must have been scared out of your wits just observing all this. You know what? When when the whole thing first started to go down, like when it came out of the woods and when it was running on that deer, I wasn't scared. 
I wasn't scared after it killed it. And I wasn't scared after it looked at me. Mm. I was scared when I got down out of the tree and had to go back to hunting camp. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I had to walk like a mile and like almost a mile and a half backwards through the woods. You know, keeping my eyes open to see what if there was anything coming after me, you know. I, right. I mean, the thing never the thing never threatened me. There was no like the hunter being the hunter. There was none of that. You know, right. it, it was, you know, just let me get back home and be safe. Absolutely. I mean, apparently that squad, uh, that Bigfoot was just hungry and wanted it something to eat, you know, just as much as why you were there hunting, you wanted something to eat, you know, I mean, that's part of why we hunt, you know, <laughs> so, you know, absolutely, you know, there's, there's so much going on in this, like, um, this, like, particular subject, like, I, I hear, like, hundreds of stories about all this crazy stuff happening, like, them, phasing in not a reality and all that stuff and, and I don't really like pay a lot of attention to that even though you know there's got to be something there but right. what I'm saying is what I saw was something that wanted to eat that's what I saw and there was no doubt about it he wasn't there to kill a deer just for the ha-has you know he was there right. to get something to eat Absolutely. And, you know, so like that's that's my my sighting, but let me tell you like leading up to it. Like I would say almost 10 years before that when I was a kid, we used to hear these things yelling at night. And I mean that it was more than one, at least 3, maybe 4. And they would go every night in the summer. They would like hoop back and forth. And they would make these noises. And I would say to my uncle, I'd say, Uncle Uncle Bill, what is that? And he said, oh, those that's bears. And let me tell you, I've hunted that area since I was 11 years old. And I'm 60 now. And I have only seen one bear in all that time in the wild. These were that those weren't bears that were making that noise. And see, this is my belief. Like after after you know sighting in the encounter, like I've been up to my neck in this stuff ever since. Like I've researched everything I could even think of. And what I think, I believe they go where the food is. Yes, I agree. Like because like they came in, they came into that area when I was like about I want to say 15 or 16 and wiped the deer out they were gone and after that after the deer were gone like maybe say like 5 years after my sighting after the deer's were deer were gone so were they there's no no sign no, you know, no reported sightings, no nothing. And it's been like quite a quite a few years since like I've heard anything from that area. Mm. And you know, it's weird. It, it's just I don't I don't know how these things operate. 
I don't know what they do. I like, I really have no like real clue. The only thing I know is they exist. I saw it with my own two eyes. I know what I saw, and that's all there is to that, you know? Absolutely. Now, this area that you've you've been hearing them before you've ever had a sighting, like how like how populated is this area? Is it all woods in there or has it, all, has all, it changed? Like totally totally woods, like um Green Mountains, Vermont, and like totally woods, like maybe like a family every half three quarters of a mile for like like in a little group and then there's nothing for like miles you know oh, okay. and, and we're talking like you could hear one five miles off to the north and then you would hear another one like two miles off to the south and then there was another one there were at least three that that was like to the west and it they didn't do it just once. They did it like three or four times a piece. Mm. You know, bears don't do that. Right. Absolutely. They might make a grunt every now and then or, you know, yeah, no, might. No, they don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't make a yell like, like an opera singer. Right. I mean, I well, mean, that, this, the sound they were putting out, no, no human could put that out. No way. Right. Impossible. Yeah, because you would actually answer the question I was going to get ready to ask as far as the sounds or the vocals. What is like? What exactly were you hearing? But but you described it as like a opera singing yell. Well, no. What I meant was like the volume of it. It it wasn't like an an opera singer. It you know it, to be honest with you, it was more or less like what you reportedly hear about. You you know like the whoop type of thing? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I've had my share of hearing them. Trust me, I've I've heard them very close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's it's kind of hard to describe. I but but if I was gonna have to put it, I would say it was like spot on to like what you hear on like these crap shows, like Finding Bigfoot and all that crap. I I mean that that shows crap, but. Like what? What the eyewitnesses describe? What the people that have encounters and hear these things describe? That's like probably spot on. Hmm. So uh, we do have a question. Russell's asking uh, when you had your sighting, what color was a Bigfoot? It it was pitch black, black as night. Wow! Like just like a black bear. Hmm. Like, like maybe even darker, if that's even possible. But this thing hmm. was, I want to say, because I'm a big wrestling fan, and I know Andre the Giant. I've known Andre the Giant since I was a little kid. And I oh, want to yeah. say this thing was just like a tick taller, like maybe three wow. or four inches taller than Andre. So that would put him at like seven, 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 eight. Right. Yeah, that's a that people don't realize, you know, a lot of people, you know, you most average person, I, I feel your estimate of what you're giving is pretty accurate. Um, you know, because you know, I think for a lot of people that see one that's probably around seven foot, 
a lot of times people say, yeah, that thing was 10 feet tall when he was probably only seven. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know <laughs> I, I know people like, and you got to understand, Dale, well, I know you understand, but like when this, something like this happens to you and you see something like that, that was like so mind blowing, like you tend to like freak out and, and you know, you don't, you know, you, you just don't know what the hell's happening. You could say the thing was 10 feet tall, but yeah, it was probably seven. Right. You know, you know people don't, uh, nobody's ready for that. I don't, unless you're going looking for it, nobody's ready for that. Well, you know? yeah, I, I agree. And even if you are out looking for it, if that, if, if you just so happen to see one, Especially at close range. I mean, you said what forty yard? Forty yards is, you know, still a, a good. No, no, no. Listen, that's one thing I wanted to clarify. Yeah, the, the yeah go big, ahead. The Bigfoot came out of out of the wood line, out of the tree line, forty yards away from the deer. I was actually sixty yards on the other side of the road in a tree stand. I so like. When the Bigfoot came out, he was probably a hundred yards from me, but he oh, was only okay. forty yards. He was only forty yards from where he grabbed the deer. So, like, I had a good, I want to say, anywhere between twenty-five to thirty seconds to watch him run. And Dan, you you would not believe these things don't move like we move. This this thing didn't miss a beat it was out of that wood line and it was on that deer and i'm telling you it was less than four seconds four seconds for 40 yards wow you t you tell me that 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 ain't something to see i could only imagine that's because that's gotta be that's pretty fast right there <laughs> well yeah, at I, that distance I'm, you, you know, yeah. when I, at the time that this happened, I was actually a national class track athlete and I could run, I, I could run like the wind back in the day, but you know, 40 yards in 40 seconds. No, I don't think so. You know, maybe, maybe five, five and a half or whatever, but this thing was on that deer and the deer never even picked its head up until it was like three three or four feet away and, wow. and the deers there were two of them two deer he grabbed the first one and the other one was gone soon as soon as he grabbed the first one the other one took off but he killed that first deer i'm telling you so fast you, you couldn't even blink i i mean he he killed it like there was nothing to it hmm Wow, that's incredible, though. Yeah, and you know, you know what bugs me the the most about this whole thing, and I don't even want to start this really on this podcast because it, it'd probably drive you crazy. But no, it's okay. <laughs> the government. I, I mean, why does not? Why do does the government like refuse to acknowledge they exist? Well. You I know, have my theory I, on well, that, but yeah, well, yeah, I got one too. It, it probably comes down to money somewhere, but right, you know, yeah, the, that's what I, 
big part of it, I think. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, you know, I've looked into every, every like, encounter story. Like, you know, I, I'm on this stuff all the time. And, like, it, it seems like every time the government gets involved, it gets squashed. And nobody wants to say anything. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something going on that we don't know about. Maybe not. But I'm going to tell you what. I did not get the sense at all that this thing wanted to hurt a human being. The, the sense that I got was like, I'm an animal or somewhere in between an animal and a human. And I got to eat. And if you don't mess with me, I won't mess with you. And I'd like I I generally see that like in in the thread through this whole this whole mess. I mean, nine times out of ten, if if you don't like threaten them, they're not going to threaten you. Yeah, I agree. It's just like I tell people with a lot of wildlife: don't put yourself in that situation where they have to defend themselves or strike back. A snake Absolutely. usually won't. Yeah, a lot of snakes won't usually strike unless they feel threatened or cornered, you know, so it's no, it goes with the rest not. of life. <laughs> don't so. don't even get me going on the snake thing with these the swamp people. <laughs> right. you, know, you know, yeah, I understand you want to make a buck, go out and catch catch ten snakes and make a thousand dollars, but you know, not me. I I ain't doing that. No, you know, I, I hunt deer. Or at least I did until I, you know, got older and, and disabled and stuff. But, you know, I, I've been a woodman my whole life. And I've never seen anything like that. And I'm pretty sure I never will again. But I'm going to tell you what. If you want to talk to somebody that knows what's going, you know, pretty much knows what the truth is. I'm the guy because I saw it with my two eyes. And... I don't lie about crap like this. You know, I don't talk about it to a lot of people. As a matter of fact, I haven't, I've only told a, a small handful of people because they think you're crazy. You know, oh, but yeah. I know what I saw. I know what I saw and I know that they're real. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with them being out there. I, I mean, they're entitled to live on this planet just like we are. Yeah. And like I said, as long as you leave them alone, I like like you said, any wildlife, leave them alone, they'll leave you alone. Yep. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I mean, we're we're living here, we're established here, but technically, I mean, mankind was the one that invaded man so many years ago. You know, what I mean, you know, yeah, but, um, you know what, Daniel? How do we even know how long they've been here? Like right. they could have been here, they could have been here thousands of years before us. For all for all we know, they might be the masters of this planet and not us. We don't right. know. Well, you know, technically speaking, for those who want to give into consideration or give yeah, have consideration on one particular species that was known to exist so many thousands of years ago, um Gigantopithecus. Now, I'm not saying Bigfoot is Gigantopithecus, but there is a theory behind that or a possibility 
But oh, I'm well yeah. aware of that. Yes. Yeah, but you know, some people believe uh, that that could be a descendant. Uh, you know, I mean, things uh, over the over years and time, things change. You know, a lot of species have changed over the years. Uh, you know, but, of course, yeah, it's an evolution. So, it's inevitable. Right. And that you know, I mean, there's everything nothing you could do about that. I mean, I even mean, us I as humans. Right. I don't know about Gigantopithecus. But if I was to hedge a guess, I would have to say, like, that's a pretty good chance. Like you said, descendant. And that's the key word. And and you also mentioned, mentioned things change. So, like, you know, Gigantopithecus, descendant, evolution. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. And, hmm. and if you think, you know, if if uh, a species body changes, what about their brain? You know, do they become more intelligent or, you know, there's a lot to it. Yeah, I mean, over a period of time, even humans, us, us as humans, we adapted, we, we changed, we, we have to adapt with with the change of life and how things are evolving with our, especially with technology. Uh, I mean, or it, not just technology, but we have no choice, but to adapt and evolve with the modern times. Cause it's, it's a sink or swim kind of situation. Same thing with a lot of these wildlife species, regardless if if it's Sasquatch or any other known species, you know, primates in general, uh, a lot of them are highly intelligent and they're able to adapt to survive to the living conditions. I mean, you know, um, I mean, I mean, there's mountain gorillas that live in cold environments. Uh, most primates live in warm tropical environments, but, but you know, it all depends what you adapt to and what you're able to survive through, you know, but, uh, yeah. So as far as well, intelligence, yeah. I mean, you have to have, get smart about something, you know, <laughs> as time changes. Yeah, you know, you know, I, about the intelligence thing. I mean, I, I wasn't like trying to imply that Gigantopithecus wasn't intelligent, but what right, these, right, I got you. What, what the encounter stories and you know everything I've I've heard. I've I've talked to several people that you know one on one, face to face, have it have encounters. These things are, I, I think, like uh, supremely adept to living in the wild and not being seen. Right? I, I had this guy, after I had my sighting, the day I had my sighting, as a matter of fact, I went home and I told my uncle what I saw. I didn't tell anybody else in the camp. I told my uncle because he was the only, I had to tell somebody I was freaking out. And, and, you know, I told him and he said, Jonathan, calm down. He goes, you're not the only one around here that ever saw that. So like the next morning, he said, come on, let's take a ride. And he took me to this old guy that lived about, I want to say maybe four and a half, five miles from where I had my site. This guy had a farm. I want to say a thousand acres or so big, you know, big farm. It wasn't an operating farm. Like he didn't have a lot of cattle on or nothing like that, but he told me 
This is what this guy told me. Over a span of five years, he would feed a family of three of these things. And he fed them like mostly apples. Like he would, he would put meat out there every once in a while and they would take it, but they didn't really like seem to like that. They, they wanted the produce like the apples and he would put heads of lettuce and stuff like that out. And this guy said, these things would come in like regularly, like every 48 hours, like every two days and clean all the food out and leave. And then he would come back like two more days later and take more food. And this guy said, oh, yeah, I've looked right out my window at him. There were three of them. And he described them. And this guy had no reason to lie to me. You know, this is some old guy that lives in the, in the hills of Vermont that don't give a crap about nothing. The only thing he's got is his word, you know, and he's telling me, and it's the truth. I can tell you that right now. He was seeing what he saw. Mm. Now, yeah, he's a, yeah, he was in Vermont. And clarify again one more time where your sighting was. Was East, that in Vermont as East, well? East, yeah, my sighting was in East Corinth, Vermont. Okay. And this guy, I think, believed in Corinth. Which was like like four miles, you know, separate. Okay. And and that's that's a small range for an animal like that. I mean, they get they've got to have a range of like, I would want to say fifty miles. You know, I I would want to guess. You know, they're going to go where the food is. Right. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. I mean, because I mean, they're you know, it, you're not the only one talking about how fast. Uh, or witness, or you know, you you're one of so many that has witnessed their speed. So, I mean, if they can move that fast and that much of distance, you know, it closed in so quick. I mean, yeah, think about it. I mean, I'm sure walking on their own, you know, they probably have a lot of endurance. And you know, yeah, I mean, there's well, there's humans well, that walk think- a long ways. You got to ask yourself, what, what, what else do they have to do all day? The only thing they have to do is secure their food. And if they got to walk 20 miles to do it, they're going to walk 20 miles to do it. Right. I mean, Absolutely. you know, you got to eat. And, and if you're, I'm going to tell you, I estimate the, the, the animal that I saw, I would have to say, was pushing 700 pounds. Be, be, mm. The reason I say that is because Andre was seven foot four and weighed like at his tops, like in between 520 and 550. And this thing was much heavier than Andre was, much heavier. Yeah. And, I, and, and Andre, Andre could have never cross that field in four seconds either so you're talking about like a a creature with an incredible strength you know like an animal like for real an animal that can move like you cannot believe oh yeah absolutely now i know not a lot of people are going to agree with this i mean but entertaining the thought that they are some type of primate 
if we look at our non-human primates, uh, we'll use chimpanzees, for example. Um, we, we could use gorillas, but I'll stay with the chimpanzees. I mean, a chimpanzee, their muscle mass. You now, if you if you're comparing a chimpanzee to a human, um, their muscle mass is. I don't even. Uh, I don't have the words or the notes to describe it, but their muscle mass compared to a body fat. Yeah, they have very little body fat. They're yeah, almost, no, no, they they're built to move. Right, and, and their and, their structure and, is unbelievable. <laughs> I I don't care what creature, what species, what anything you're talking about. You are built to survive. I, I mean, you get what you need to survive. It's mm -hmm. given to you, you know, by whatever there is. I don't know about God or any of that stuff, but what I'm saying is like these animals need to have that kind of like physique, that kind of speed, that kind of strength to survive. They don't, they don't have the brain that we have. Like Daniel, let's be honest. I mean, we survived on this planet for thousands of years without electricity, without technology, without any of that stuff. Right. And yeah. but the thing the thing we had that they don't is this brain that like gives us the capability to cheat, like to make technology like what we're talking over right now and like the internet to share in information like we have it made. I mean, these yeah. animals, like, they're they're out there in, in the middle of nowhere, and they got to eat. So, Absolutely. you know, what, what I'm saying is you get what you need to survive. And what I saw, uh, geez, I hate to tell you, you know, I, I don't think I'll ever see another one. But I can tell you one thing for sure, that they're real, and they're there. And, you know, whatever it's going to come down to, uh, you know, you know what? I don't even think it's that big of a deal. I mean, they survived this long and we survived this long without having to have any laws or regulations about these things. You know, leave them be. Leave them be. You know, granted, it would be nice to, like, find out exactly what they are and all of that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I right. really don't. I think there's way more to this than even somebody like you that is like into this stuff like for real. Uh, I think there's more to this than even you could even think of. You know, there's something weird going on. I, oh, I, I, I agree. Mean, you know, my sighting was like plain nature at its best. I mean, there's, there was nothing funky about it. There was no disappearing creature, no orbs, no none of that. But if you add up all of the encounter stories, like all the sightings and all the stuff that happens, and how many times that weird stuff comes up, I don't care how you slice it. 500 people out of 500 people. I, I I would say I would buy maybe three hundred of them are full of shit, but but not five hundred. You know, there's something there, and I don't know what it is, and and 
I, I'm going to go to my grave trying to find out, but <laughs> there's something weird going on there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, I mean, we as humans, there's, and I'm sure you, you may have seen some of them on social media, but there's a lot of theories and a lot of crazy claims and, you know, people have their own thoughts of theories, but, and most of them, that's all they are, just theories, but I, I tend to stay more grounded uh, and, and try to view things from an earthly point of view on most of, on most things, you know I mean? But then yeah, again, I'm, there's a lot I'm, of, I'm the, I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, I know what I saw. I'm not an idiot. You know, I got an education. I read, I, I pretty much know what I buy and what I don't buy. And I'm telling you, I don't care how you slice it. There's a lot more going on here than, you know, I haven't figured it out. I, I probably never will, but there's, there's more going on here than just an animal running around the planet. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know whether it's being protected for a reason, like the government is being quiet for a reason. I don't know whether people are just too freaked out about it. I don't know what it is. But, you know, I know what I saw. That's all I know. Right. You know, I have, I have, like you said, like millions of theories. Like I have a lot of theories. Right. They're, they're just, they're just that theories. The only thing I know for sure is what I saw. Right. And what I saw was alive. And what I saw was a predator. And what I saw did not give a rats, you know what, that I was watching. <laughs> Right. It, it did not care. And I had a high-powered rifle, Daniel. I could have dropped it like like a bad habit. I, I, I could have put a bullet in his brain so easy. Because, you know, like 60 yards away with a high-powered rifle with a scope on it is, is like picking a cherry. I never even thought about shooting that thing. I never even crossed my mind. That That's oh, yeah. how weird you know, the whole thing was like, like I said, I, I will not shoot an animal that I won't eat unless it's like a threat or something like that. I would never do that. Right. And there was no way I was going to shoot that thing, but I could have, and this thing could have been over in 1982. Everybody wouldn't know what the hell was going on, but I suspect that that like, and more times than not, that happens. I mean, I, I mean, you're not going to tell me like thousands of hunters and like outdoorsmen and people that live in rural areas don't encounter these things with a gun in their hand. Come on. How many stories do you actually hear somebody say where they actually pulled up and took a shot at one? There's a few, you know, they're here and there. Right. But, Absolutely. You know. I I don't know about anybody else, but I'm not going to shoot anything that I don't know what it is. Yeah, there's some stories I heard, whether it would be through a documentary or just hearing some other people's stories, you know, secondary stories. Some people claim that they were looking at it right through their rifle scope, you know, and, oh, and a lot of people, right, and then a lot of other people had were armed, but they couldn't, you know, they they didn't feel right. They didn't feel comfortable 
taking that shot because they felt like they were going to shoot a human, you know? <laughs> and, well, you know, there, there's like a culture that goes along with hunting. Like you don't kill what you don't eat. Right. I, I mean, I'm just telling you what my old man taught me. You don't shoot at anything if you don't know what it is and you don't pull, pull the trigger unless you know, you're going to kill what you're pulling the trigger on. Right. And I'm telling you, I'm guaranteeing you 99.5% of the people on this planet that were brought up in a halting hunting culture. know know the same rules. I, I mean, you just don't do it. Right. And absolutely. And plus, you know, you know Native like, Americans looked the same way. They they didn't believe in killing something either, unless they were going to eat it. Well, of so, course yeah. not. Why would you? Right. I, I mean, it it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, like you, there are there are like like various cultures. Like just talk the U.S. Just the U.S. alone. Like you have the South. You have um, New England. You have the Midwest, you you have the Pacific Northwest, where like these things like are reportedly cited the most. I'll guarantee you that more more than a few, I would say more than a couple dozen of these things have been killed. But like, Dan, let me ask you a question: If you shot one of these things and killed it. Would you call somebody and report it? I mean, well, I mean, for real. Well, the thing is, I, I'm right there with you. I would only kill it if I felt threatened or I had to defend myself. But no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. Right. I'm saying like, if you had to shoot it and you had to kill it, it like it was him or them, him or you, and you had to kill it, would you call like the Department of Environmental Protection and say, "I killed this thing"? That looks like basically like a big ass me, you know, with hair all over it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, no, I, I would. I don't think I would. I'd be digging a no. hole and I would bury that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, one of the things I would do, to be honest, with you, I don't think I would call any authorities because I would call my friends and my family and gather the most witnesses, you know, because if you were to ever go. talk about. Yeah, because if you ever try to share that story, people, a lot of people, a majority of people wouldn't believe you. I would. That's why I would say, well, I have plenty of witnesses who've seen this, who you know can verify this. Take pictures, take videos, you know, uh, you know, document everything you can. You know, say, hey, yeah. oh, I got no, the proof. I, I got the. I, I mean, yeah. get, get get your guns loaded before you go to war. I mean, I mean, I agree. But, <laughs> but you know, back when this happened to me. I didn't have that luxury. I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have none of that. Right. You know, like, and basically like everything I learned after that was through like technology, except for like certain times, like that, that I put boots on the ground, like, and I go talk to people, which I have done, you know, and I, I know there's something weird going on with this whole thing. I don't know what it is. And, you know, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to keep listening and I'm going to keep reading and I'm going to keep learning. And, you know, who knows? Maybe one day, you know, I might have another encounter, but I'm, I'm not banking on it. But I know what I saw. I know what I saw, dude. 
And they're as real as you are or, or I am or anybody else on this planet. And I, I dare anybody to, you know, tell me I'm wrong. I dare them because I know what I saw. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's your story, and I believe you, too. I mean, be honest with you, I, I wasn't there in 1982, you know, I mean, Oh, shoot, to be honest with you, I was only two years old. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm, 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 I'm going to be 60 in May, the first week of May. I got, like, I can't even believe where the time went. Right. Like, like, like I said, this thing happened to me when I was 19 years old. And I've been looking into this and reading and following and talking to people for that long. So, like, I know what I know. And, you know, there's no way to prove anything unless like the government comes out and said, yeah, we have bodies we've, you know, we've dissected or did autopsy or whatever you want, you want to call it. Yeah. Unless the government comes out and says they're real then it's going to be the same run around from now until the end of time, unless somebody puts one on a table and I'm not saying Go shoot one for ha-ha's just to prove they're real. I, I don't right. agree with that. But, like, say if, if something happens and, and somebody has to defend themselves and, and they do it the right way, like you said, get enough witnesses, get the thing, take pictures, do all of this, and then turn it in, and then the government has no choice but to admit they're real. You know, that's the only way this thing is going to end. Only, only way is if somebody can prove, you know, put it right there for in black and white for everybody to see right in front of their eyes. That's the only way it's going to end. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but it, oh, go ahead. Anyway, this has been quite an interview, and um, I do follow you, and you know, I do learn <laughs> from you, so I appreciate that. And um, I guess that's about all there is to say, right? Well, I mean, I thank you for sharing your information. You, you, I mean, you're full of knowledge. I mean, as far as, you know, there's a lot that a lot of what you shared, too, apart from your your sighting and your, that situation. Uh, I feel like we're on the same page with a lot of stuff, you know, I mean, which is, you know, it's refreshing for me to hear someone else share what you shared tonight. Um, you, but, you know, uh, Bob. Bob, just to end it off, um, in 2005, I had a stroke, and I had it when I was climbing the stairs to go take a shower, and I fell down and broke my back, so I became disabled. Mm. I mean, I get around fine just now. I can still hunt. You know, I, I can do it, you know, whatever I have to do, you know, with some effort. But ever since that happened, like, I spend a lot of my time, like, trying to figure this stuff out. Right. And I'm I'm not an idiot. Yeah, I mean I got a college education. And you know, these uh there's a lot more going on here than we know. I, I mean, why did the government stop fessing up? Why you know, why the cover up? And there is a cover up. I don't care how you slice it. Yeah. Why that's happened, I don't know. But there's guys out there like you and you know, there's a few of them out there that I like that uh, I'm not going to mention names because some of them are idiots. 
but you know, not <laughs> all of them. Right. And yeah. it, it takes me, it, it only takes me like three or four minutes to figure out who's an idiot and who's not. And you're, you're one of the better ones out there. You put the time in, you know, you know what you're talking about. I mean, there's these guys out here trying to make a buck off of this crap. And it ain't about that. I mean, I don't know about you, like, but like people that live in rural areas like Vermont, you know, New Hampshire, mm -hmm. Maine, you know, all over the country in areas that are rural. You've got to encounter stuff like this, like a lot. You pack oh, yeah. a firearm and you pack a firearm. And like I said, you don't. You don't shoot at, you don't kill what you don't eat. Leave the right. rest of them alone. And Absolutely. that's all there is to it. Um, I wanted to read off this. I don't know if you see it on your end, but I'll read it off. Uh, my buddy Wes, um, he says, I think if a person kills one, they better get out of the woods as fast as they can because there is probably more around. Now, he's not the first one, first person to say that. I, and I agree to this because a lot of times I, People tend to believe that they they work in groups or they travel in groups or clans, as some people refer to them. Well, and I believe like, that's true. Like I told so you, Daniel, when I used to hear those vocalizations that night, there were definitely three of them. Right. And and the animal that I saw, if there were three of them and they had me surrounded, there's nowhere to go. You can't outrun, you can't outrun something that can outrun a deer. You can't. It's impossible. You know, and they know the woods better than we do. So if they want you, they could have you at any time. So, so like, if they were here to, like, cause us harm, you'd be, it'd be all over the place. I oh, mean, yeah. They're not here to hurt us. They're not here to hurt us. Right. They're just and here I'm to live. And I think, and I know I've heard other people say this, and I agree to this, but I feel like they're smart and they sense things. And that when we're in the woods, if we're out to do harm or just do no good in general, I, I believe they know that. Uh, oh, they yeah, know that course. we're innocent. But then on the other hand, they know, I, I feel like if you're out there causing trouble and out to do no good, they know that as well, you know? So... Um, you know, people you know, people call them like uh, guardians of the forest, right? And absolutely. I, you know, I would tend to like lean that way. You know, I I would tend to say they're here for a reason. I mean, there's got to be a reason, right? You know, and I know I don't see a heck of a lot of uh, stories where they actually initiate violence. I I, right. I hardly see any like a small handful and how many of those are made up right you know that's, that, like out, that's of a every, out of every 10 stories daniel that you hear how many of them do you buy and how many of them you know think something weird going on here i mean right. i've gone through thousands thousands of encounter stories and out of those thousands i'd say probably maybe a thousand of them make sense to me Right. You know, like like actually could have happened the way the people said it. And that that doesn't mean that um like anxiety on their part or you know like weather like things going on around you can't distort your view of what's going on. 
But, you know, you know, nine times out of ten, you got to really look hard at what you're seeing. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you got to really try to get yourself together and gather your thoughts and focus. You know, I mean, I know yeah, it's easier said than done, but... My but. my sighting was nine nine a.m. in the morning, broad daylight, second week in November, on on a bright sunny day. I I mean there was no no obstruction, no nothing. I had a clear view. I I can't imagine anybody having a clearer one than I had. And I looked at this thing through my scope, and I know it was a male. And I, you know, I can estimate the size pretty, pretty close. I would say I'm pretty damn close. And it's just like unbelievable to, to think of like something that big moving that fast. It's just not, you know, you don't see it. it it's not like a bear running around the woods. It's not a deer. It's, I mean, come on, this thing ran a deer down. And I, I won't, I wouldn't pull a trigger on a wide open deer. I would never do like try to shoot a deer at, you know, full gallop, never do it. But right. This thing, man, this thing, I, I've never seen anything move that fast. The only difference was it was like about 500, 600 pounds bigger than a deer, you know? And, uh, you know, I, I could have shot the thing easy. I, I could have killed it as, as sure as I'm talking to you. It never even crossed my mind. Never crossed my mind. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, there was something else I was going to throw out there. Uh, oh, no, I was just reading. Uh, Wes had another uh, comment up there. He says, I wonder why. Hold on, I went away. And he said, I wonder why they like to hang around Native American burial uh, mounds. Well, he, he, he put it as grounds. I don't know if he meant mounds, but I don't know. What's your take on that? You know, um, as far as that could, that kind of stuff goes, I'm not really sure. I think a lot of it has to do with um, maybe, uh, this is just a guess. All right. So before, like, civil, civilization the way it is now, you know, with technology and, and all that stuff, and humans crawling everywhere. I mm. think there were the Native Americans, and then there were these creatures. And I think there was a lot of respect and a lot of trust built up there. You know, so I, I, I think, like, maybe, just maybe, like, Sasquatch being as close to us as I could imagine, like, as far as, like, a species. Maybe they have emotions. Maybe they have, like... Mm. They feel safe there, or or something to that effect. I'm not really sure. I mean, how do I? How could I even guess? Right. No. I mean, you that's know? a fair response. Yeah, that's a very fair response. I mean, that that's that's a good response, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, um, that they're basically the considered or known as the guardians of the forest. Many Native American tribes uh, actually refer to them as the big brother of the forest. You know. Um, they, yeah, I mean, they yeah, were known exactly. as many different things. So, yeah. yeah, they got they have more names than we could even count. But right, uh, I mean, you go to you go to Native American tribes, and they'll all tell you the same thing. 
it's they they put them more or less above us. I, I mean, like they're to be respected, they're be to be revered, and above all, to be left alone. You know, if if you see one, you've been honored to see one. Right, I right. agree. You know, they 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 don't just pop out in front of anybody. I don't care how you slice it. the The only way you're ever going to see one is if you're in between them and their food or they're curious about you. And right. you see it all the time. Like you, you see them looking in people's windows. You see them standing in people's yards, looking at the house. They're curious. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. What, what, what creature wouldn't be curious? I mean, I, yeah. You know? I mean, that only makes sense because, I mean, well, we believe that they're highly intelligent, but but they're observing us living the way we do, knowing that that's not how they live. You know, like so they're like they want to know how did we build our structure that we you know what we call a house, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah that that could <laughs> be one reason, but you know, and, and I, I ain't like uh, one of these like wild conspiracy theorists or, or like somebody that thinks, you know far out things but there could be right. a lot more going on here than we know i i yeah. mean you know if if they learned at the same rate as we do they'd be the ones living in high rises and making millions of dollars you know there, right. <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, it's like they're like a step below us on um like the evolutionary chain or whatever the heck you want to call it. But yeah. but they're getting they're getting smarter every day. Right. Every day that goes by they learn something. Absolutely. They're ad they're adapting and evolving with the times and changes and what's presented. You know, and, and the habitat is running out for mm -hmm. these creatures. Sadly. I I, I mean yeah, you I see it all the time, like you you see the encounter stories are getting closer and closer to like highly inhabited areas, and it's not because they're coming in; it's because we're pushing into their area. Yeah, and yeah, I see it that's for myself. Human nature. And I hate to think about that, but you know, you're right; it's mm -hmm. happening, and I I see it for myself, uh, especially been here in been yeah. happening for a hundred years. I mean, here in Virginia, on, pushing on them for a hundred years. I mean, I seen when I moved to Virginia, I was only 11 years old when I moved down here. But when I grew up on the other side of Virginia, on the east, east side of the mountains here. And the one of the one area in particular, and this ain't the only place, but this one particular place, it was full of woods and heavily wooded forest. Now, all those forests are completely wiped out. There's shopping centers, strip malls, uh, subdevelopments. Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, new townhome apartments, and I mean, all that used to be fully wooded. Now it's gone, and I'm seeing more and more of it today because with my job, I deliver to a lot of uh, construction sites, and and a lot of them are. A lot of the construction sites I go to are newly uh, being built subdivisions and new houses and subdevelopments, and it's outrageous. That's like, and I, you know, and 
again, you can't help but think about it. It's like, man, this used to be all woods. We're, you know, we're, you, you know, it, it's coming to the point. I mean, Daniel, you live in Virginia. I live in Connecticut. Like, right. there, ain't, there ain't a heck of a lot of, um, like, acreage here, you know, that people aren't inhabiting. But, like, you go out the states, you go out the states like, uh, I don't know, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Kansas, you know, all of those places. Um, never mind Alaska, California, Pacific Northwest, never mind any of that. But, like, we're pushing in on them. We've been pushing in on them forever. Yep. And, you know, sooner or later, it's going to come down to, like, something's going to happen. I, I don't know whether the government's going to have to come out and say, you know, yeah, they're real, which would, uh, I don't know if it would be a blessing or a curse because it would be all these laws and, and all this stuff. Everything would change. Right. We're not, we're not talking about a black bear, a grizzly, a polar, even a polar bear. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a species never, never before confirmed by man, like dealt with by man. And, and you don't think if, if the government had to come out and admit that, you don't think that that wouldn't be a world of shit coming after that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of things that could take place. I mean, in the past, I've used the spotted owl, for example. I mean, the spotted owl was discovered a few different times over the, over the early 1990s, and uh, even before the 90s came around. But it wasn't until, I forget, the, actually way before that. We could go way back from the 60s to the 80s. But when the spotted owl was officially declared an endangered species out in the Pacific Northwest, uh, almost automatically, instantly, the logging industry came to a dead stop, uh, like a major halt. All because of this little tiny owl, the spotted owl, and because it was, again, declared an endangered species when it was reestablished or rediscovered. And yeah, when the logging industry came to a halt, that was a big part of the economy out west. I mean, it's, it's a big part of the economy here on the east coast as well but more out there however oh, that course, put a, yeah. that yeah that put a hurting on the economy and it put a lot of people out of work so um yeah think about all the legal uh issues if bigfoot was declared or was actually publicly known put on record that we well, yes bigfoot does exist and then all these other laws stop following would they have to discuss yeah. i mean they would have to put them on the on an endangered species list uh, just to protect them, you know. And and then yeah, there's other fa other factors. And, and you, it, see this this I think has a lot to do with the bottom line because if they were to do that, like they were to declare that they're real and they had to protect them, what is that going to cost? The American people. I mean, there there are so many families out there all across the country that rely on hunting, you know, hunting deer, hunting birds, you know, whatever you bears, whatever you want to eat. H how would the new laws that are going to come into effect going to affect them? Right. That's why I think they are not going to touch this because people need to eat. 
And Sasquatch yeah. was here as long as we are have been here, and they're still here. And as far as I'm concerned, they seem to be doing all right. I mean, why do we even need to get into it? Leave them alone. Right. I mean, it, well, it would be it would be nice if we all knew, like guys like me and you actually knew, you know, had it on paper, like exactly what they were. Right. But I'm particularly not not overly like enthused about them like coming out and saying they're real because of what's going to happen. And it, it's, it's going to be so complicated, Daniel, if they were to admit they're real, it, w- it would be become very, very complicated for the whole country, right. the whole world, actually. Well, it, it's the same. There's this same mindset. I, I, have when it comes to the mountain lion, the American, North American mountain lion, cougar, panther, whatever you want to refer to it as, especially here on the East Coast, and there's other parts of the United States as well that we do have them here. There's there's eyewitnesses to seeing them, but I'll use Virginia and the surrounding states for an example. Tennessee, Kentucky, even North Carolina, uh, there's many eyewitnesses, but your authorities deny them. Uh, there's people that have reported to me uh, responding to some of my blogs that they have seen them on their own property over on the other side of the mountain from here. And so anyway, when they call reports to the authorities, the authorities bl- blatantly come out and tell you, Danny, what you saw, we don't have them here. They, the authorities. Yeah, the- they, they, they do that constantly. You know, it's funny that you brought up the mountain lion because in the last two days, I've talked to two neighbors that have seen them. I mean, not like right here in this area, but one guy saw one about 20 miles from here. And the other guy saw one about maybe, yeah, I would say about 20 miles in the other direction. And they both saw them Mm -hmm. clear as day. I mean, the state of Connecticut will deny that they've, they've even set foot on, you know, Connecticut soil, but that's, that's bull crap. You know, they're here. Oh yeah, they're absolutely. Here. I mean, they're yeah, they're they're here in Virginia. They they're in Tennessee. They're in Kentucky, North Carolina. Um, I mean, you can't call these people liars out of seeing them. I myself saw one in 2015. I mean, in my own research area, my hunt, uh, my hunting grounds, my camping grounds. I mean, it's all there. I mean, I know we got bobcats out there. I mean, I've captured bobcats twice on my camera on my cameras out there, but but. I, I know mountain lions are out there. I know there's, and many other people know too, but, uh, and that goes back to the authorities when they're in denying of it because they're programmed, they're taught, they're trained to to tell the public, no, we don't have them here. So you got to ask yourself why? Well, it's a couple of different factors I believe that are involved in that. And it's part of it's considered the fear factor Uh, and economic reasons as well. If the public learned that these species existed in our national parks and national forests and on our public lands, people are going to yeah, start freaking out there. and panicking. Right. And, and there goes the stop of money that puts into people buying things to go spend time out there. Yeah, people will stop doing that. And there goes the economy. will It'll decline. And, you know, but so, yeah, there's there's people... They don't want the people to panic. That's the and you, and you, I, you know what? Um, when you're talking about cats like this, bobcats, mountain lions, stuff like that, 
Remember how I told you I grew up as a hunter? Like my uncle, the same man that I told about my sighting. Like when I first was a little kid, he drilled it into me. He said, Jonathan, he goes, when you're out in the woods and you're sitting there by yourself, he goes, there's one thing you got to look out for, and that's a cat. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't talking about no house cat, neither. You know, he was talking about bobcat, lynx, mountain lion. He goes, they, they'll take you out in a second. Yeah. And I believed them. You know, I've never seen a, I've never seen a mountain lion. I've never seen a bobcat in the wild, you know, with my eyes laid right on. Never have yet. But, you know, I'm sure my, my girlfriend saw a bobcat out here like maybe three months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, right outside the house. They're around. I mean, that's what they do. They don't want you to see them. Yeah. Yeah, very stealthy, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a... Yeah, the, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky Bigfoot uh, said he's got a mountain lion on camera north of Jamestown. Um, I'm assuming... He's referring to J- Jamestown, Virginia, because we do have a Jamestown here. If there's one in Kentucky or Tennessee, I'm not aware of that. But, but interesting. I would definitely love to see that. So yeah, well, yeah. No, I, I, I think I've pretty much seen everything I need to see. I mean, I, I do. You know, I still do intend to go out hunting. You know, but you know, it's just I don't expect to ever see anything like that again. I mean, that was a one shot deal. But that, yeah. that's all I needed to see. I mean, I know what I saw with my own two eyes. I know what I right. read. I, I got a pretty good, you know, sense of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. You know, so like a lot of this stuff I can throw out. But you can't right. throw it all out. You know, you can't throw it all out. And it, there's like so much going on on this subject. I, I mean... I'll ne- I'll never see the end of it. I I I mean, by the time I die, they still might not even know what the hell's going on. You know, right. I don't know. It, it's been what year was what? Patterson Gimlin was what sixty eight. Sixty seven. Nineteen sixty seven. All right. All right. So sixty seven. Right. That was like the first like documented ever, ever footage. Like that's what started this whole thing off. And it's been that long, and uh, yeah, I mean the Freeman footage was, footage was all right, but like most yeah. of the rest of the crap out there, most of the rest of the stuff you see out there, no, you know you can't tell anything. Yeah. But just just from them two films alone, the Patterson Gimlin film and the Freeman footage, I mean, how can you tell me that there's some jamoke? in a monkey suit running around in the middle of the woods in the middle of nowhere. No, I don't, I, you could talk till you blew in the face that that ain't happening. You don't find seven foot tall guys that are willing to jump into a monkey suit and run around the woods. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You're not going to make any money off of it, dude. I mean, you're going to get on YouTube and people are going to laugh at you. But no, you know, no seven-foot-tall dude is going to get in a monkey suit and run around the woods. Well, I mean, be, I don't care who you are. Yeah, but you yeah, know. there's a 
there's a lot of people in Bigfoot costumes and posting pictures of oh, cutouts oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but you could you could pick those out in two seconds. I right, mean, I mean but, you see you see footage like that, you know two seconds after you saw it whether uh, maybe there might be something here or maybe not. But after two seconds, you know if it's a fake or it's not. Yeah. And seven I mean, seven foot tall guys are very hard to come by. Very hard to right. Yeah, I mean, the, and the sad thing is with all these. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's a lot of it going on face uh, on social media. There's these images, and they're called AI images. It's basically, um, yeah, artificial uh, automated, yeah, automated intelligence and all that. And 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 there's apps people could download on your phone. Sometimes you got to pay for some of these certain apps, but. I know I, a couple people use them to create their artwork and these people are real good at creating what they do, but there's a lot of these AI images that are going around social media people are using them on their YouTube channel and using them as clickbait and people are falling for them. People are believing yeah, well, that they're real I, images. I'll, I'll tell you what about that. I'll, I'll tell you one thing about that. If, if you saw one in real life and, and you know what you looked at, I can guarantee you 100%. You put one of those images in front of me. If it's fake, I'll tell you in two seconds, it's fake. Right. I, I don't care how you slice it. I know what auto, automated imagery and all, you know, artificial intelligence and all that crap is. I know what it is. I know what's real and what ain't. Right. And like yep. I said, I've seen two films that I buy 100%. And I told you who they were, Patterson and Freeman. And, right. You know, there's a, there's quite a few other ones out there that I would say like 95% sure that they're real. But those two, right. undeniable. Undeniable. I don't, yeah. I don't care what you could put Jeff Meldrum, Joe Schmo, especially don't give me Matt Moneymaker, because I'll shred <laughs> that guy up. I'll shred him yeah. in a minute. Yeah, you know, I got you. You, money, you, you money-making phony. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it disgusts me. It really does. Right. I mean, this is a real, a real thing. People have the yeah. right to know. People have the right to know. People have the right to protect themselves. And people have the right to respect them. You know, humans aren't, you know, humans are definitely not perfect. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that'll go confront these things just for ha-has. Yep. I mean, come on, be real. I mean, oh, let's go harass Bigfoot. Ha-ha-ha. You know, no. They, they have as much right to live here as we do. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Right. Yeah, you want to take a picture. You want to take a picture on your cell phone. You want to take a video. You want to go out and you want to mount up evidence and all that stuff. But let, let's not be running around like a bunch of yahoos in a pickup truck trying to kill a Bigfoot. I mean, all that's right. ridiculous. You know, and it happens. Daniel, it happens. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, there's people that actually do this kind of stuff. Yeah, they do it quite often, sadly. But <laughs> uh, they, hey, real they, quick, they even had a they even had a TV show on Travel Channel a few years ago. Uh, 
Bigfoot is real or killing Bigfoot or some crap like that. Where yeah. a bunch of these yahoos down south were like, like going to like under the guise of, oh, we're going to help these people protect their property. Protect them for what? These yeah, animals aren't are. hurting anybody. And these guys were going out and like, like they were hunt, hunting down a like carnivorous bear, you know, a, a killing bear. Like they were like lining up all over the place trying to kill one of these things. I mean, for mm. what? For what? Right. Absolutely. Hey, hold hold that thought, Jonathan. I just want to let the audience and the viewers that are on here right now, if you have any questions for Jonathan before we close tonight, please throw them out there now as I get ready to ask Jonathan another question. And after we get through this, if I don't see the questions, we're going to call it a night. But I, again, take advantage of this time. If you have any questions for Jonathan, uh, let's throw them up on the chat. But, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you – uh, a couple different things. Uh, first of all, do you still get out and hunt? Um, I haven't been in like like three years because I, I'm going through something with my diabetes with neuropathy. But oh, um, okay. You know, I I do live. I I live in the woods. I mean, I live like in the middle of the woods. I, nice. I mean, I'm always in the woods. Okay. But, you know, like my whole life, ever since I was like. As long as I could remember, I've been in the woods. You know, I, I there there ain't too many people that could put put too much over on me in the woods, right? You know, but the, these uh, you know, this this thing that's going on is really really weird, and I I don't know what it is. I hope someday like to get more answers, but I'll I'll keep like listening to guys like you and uh. I listen to encounter stories on um, Cam Buckner's channel, uh, Dixie Cryptid. I listen to that. Um, I kind of stopped listening to uh, Steve Ishtal, even uh, though I, yeah. I read it. I read his yeah. book and I like the book, but I don't like um, throwing in politics and all that. You know, the government says the government's that into all this crap. I'm not, you know. I'm not talking yeah. about that. I'm talking about what I saw. Right. And I want to know what other people saw. I don't want to hear, uh, oh, the government's trying to screw you over this and screw you over that. I'm not here for that. You know? Yeah. I know what the I know what the government's doing, and there ain't nothing I could do about it. So, you know, I just roll with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, well, you know, you know, maybe somewhere down the road. Uh, I don't know if you if you like to camp or anything, but you know, who knows? Maybe we could get together. You know, I could bring a couple of my team members up next year, and we could plan a camp out. You know, somewhere up there, maybe around your area uh, where you had your sighting. I mean, if you're up for yeah, something like that, <laughs> I, I think Vermont would be a be a, a good place to check out. But like I said, Daniel, I think I think these things like. Move into an area, and they exhaust the food, and then they move on, and then they come back. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, they're starting to come back up there because the deer population is coming back. But like I said, like, after they wiped it out, like, five years after I had my sighting, 
there were no more deer and there were no more Sasquatch either. Mm. Follow me. I, I, I mean, I, they go where the food is. Right. I think uh, that's why when you see like where the concentrating concentrations of sightings are, are in areas where the deer population is plentiful and it doesn't get exhausted. I think that's why you see so, so many like encounters there. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Um, Because even uh, Jeff Meldrum had stated in this point in one of his presentations that I got to sit in on. Basically, he was making a point on predator animals, uh, looking at the food sources and the ecology of that particular area or the habitats or the environment of that forest. If that area or location can sustain, you know, food sources for like bears, for example, if a bear and other predators could strive off that land, then most likely, you know, he said it in a different way, but basically look at a Sasquatch. If the food sources for apex predators like bears, for example, and mountain lions could food, uh, feed off and strive off of there, then we could consider they, that Big, Bigfoot exists there too. So, they, they, Bigfoot cannot exist where they can't eat. It's impossible. Right. I mean, so like what I'm saying to you like is, is like a no-brainer. I mean, they've got to go where the food is. And right. I'm telling you right now, I live in Connecticut and I've like researched the whole state, like all every like reported sighting, BFRO, like anything else I could pick up on. And we had a sighting, I want to say about 25 to 30 miles from here, here. And this place is loaded with deer. I mean, mm. I, I see more deer than more deer than sometimes that I see people. I, I mean, that's how, how many deer we have around here. Right. And, you know, the sighting this lady had, the state police went out and checked it out. And, like, they they found depressions in the ground right where she said it was standing. And the window ledge was eight foot off the ground. And the lady said that the eyeballs were just a little bit below the window ledge. But the, the crown of the head was right at the top of the window ledge. and And she was... Eight feet away from this thing. The only thing separating her was her house, you know, like the window. She was in the kitchen and she was behind like uh, whatever you want it, like a countertop or whatever it was. And the thing was looking at her right through the window. Right. And, uh, you know, this lady had no reason to lie. And the cops went out there and, and you know, it's well documented and there were like impressions in the ground, and they said they were two inches depressions in the ground. Two inches. I mean, you know, even when I was fat and I was heavy, I couldn't put a two inch impression in the ground. No way. Right. You know. I, oh, absolutely. I like, like I said, how many seven foot tall guys are running around out there looking in people's windows? No. No, it don't happen. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm getting tired, but it was great talking to you. Yeah, I want to thank you for... I'm I'm following you, so keep up the good work. 
Well, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on here. This was an awesome discussion and you shared a lot of awesome information and knowledge. And uh, for those who are listening and those for the future listeners, I hope you guys, you know, enjoyed this and uh, take into consideration what we discussed tonight. Um, but yeah, um, for those who are watching, if you have not subscribed, definitely take advantage of that option subscribe and hit that little bell icon that way every time we go live um you get the notifications uh, even with field videos i got some field videos and projects and uh, coming up soon so uh, but yeah meanwhile guys keep it squatchy and um tune in every friday night 9 p.m eastern standard time we go live um we'll be back next friday night uh, march 17th i believe the date is so <laughs> um we're gonna touch base here Absolutely. We'll be touching base with uh, a little bit of paranormal uh, with my paranormal team friends that will be joining us. So, um, so yeah, you guys keep it squatchy. And until next time, we'll be back. So, and Take care, we're going to call it a night here. Night. You too. Thank you very much. All right. Bye now. All right. CBRO, Virginia Bigfoot Conference Sponsors. Promoted by Legit Paranormal. <laughs>